Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Well, hello. I'm so excited to have Aman Abid with me from TEDx Wandsworth in the UK. Welcome. How are you? Where is Wandsworth? Well, first of all, Mark. Um, well, first of all, hi, Mark. How are you doing? And I hope you're well. And thanks very much for inviting me on the show. So, so Wandsworth is actually a borough within London. It's located okay. in, in in the southwest of London. Nice. And how long have you been, uh, let's say, in the TED ecosystem? So, oh gosh. Well, I mean, I've been uh, I've been watching uh, TED talks for for I must probably say a good five six years. Um, but I've actually been part of the ecosystem as of 2015. So I'm I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit of a newbie. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. So we've been doing this since 2015. What, well, you have one. We like to say one in a row. <laughs> so we've done. Uh, so we've done. Well, so, we, so our very first event was in 2015, and yes. then our second event was in 2016, and uh, we just started work on our third event, which will take place around about November this year. I was looking at your site, and I'm I'm particularly keen right now on examples of uh, calls for participation for speakers. And I yeah. must tell you, yours is quite well done. Did you do that yourself, or did you uh, pull from bits and pieces that you found on the hub and elsewhere? Yeah, so uh, there is certainly a combination of what's available on on the TED website. Um, also, there's quite a lot that we pulled um, internally from working with speakers over over the last two years. Right. Um, we we are very much focused that when we have a speaker at TEDx Wandsworth that they are not just given a free reign. Um, I think speaking on a TED platform comes with a huge amount of responsibility. Sure does. Um, and it's and you know and I think I speak you know on behalf of you know quite a lot of organisers out there that it's really important that we fact check all the information um, that 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 is about to be presented. So we work very closely with with, with the speakers, and I'm pretty much there with a red marker pen going through. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously, seriously, I will actually go through a, someone's speech and I will actually challenge and question them. Um, it doesn't matter whether they are high profile scientist or someone that saves children, you know, for for a living. Right. It is my job to ensure um, that the talk doesn't become politicized in any way or create any divisions. Um, I think that when speakers do come to us, I think they are slightly taken aback because most people have not heard of TEDx Wandsworth. We are an exceptionally small event with only of about 100 attendees. 
But one of the things that we focus on is ensuring that we develop a good rapport with the speakers and ensuring that they feel confident about what they are about to deliver. And it means working very closely with them. You said we. Um, I know you're the founder and co-organizer. Who's the other organizer? So my other co-founder and organizer is Kay Chohan, who is also my wife as well. So, so the two of us will review the talks. Uh, we'll, we'll also review, well, especially for this year, we will certainly be reviewing all of the talks and, and actually building a profile of the types of speakers that we would like to have um, at TEDx Wandsworth. Tell me about um, the conversation that led you to do your first TEDx. Oh, wow. Um, I think really for, for us, if just quickly cast my memory back to 2015. So I had just rolled off a huge project for, for, the, for, for the business that I work for. And, and we were in Barcelona on a, on, on a short trip. And we went to, um, we, we went to a building that was designed by Gaudi. It's sure. called uh, Mia Casa. Yep. Um, and we were on the roof watching the sunset. Uh, and we kind of decided that we wanted to do a little bit more in our lives, something that's a little bit more worthwhile. And obviously, I think with the two of us working, we're not really going to run off to Africa and save animals. And, you know, even though even though that is a fantastic thing for people to do, we wanted to do something that's a little bit more closer to home that utilized our skill sets. Um, and, you know, we kind of just said, oh, we read this article about someone doing a local TEDx event and we so we looked into that and we're doing this while we're all on the roof of Mia Casa watching the sunset with oh our smartphones um, and uh, that's where we had this brainstorm going oh wow let's do this let's let's really let's let, let's let's do this so then when we got back home we submitted our application in March and I can tell you, we, we submitted a lot of information on that application because we did a lot of research into our borough in terms of ethnic diversity, socioeconomic reach, wow. what we plan to achieve with TEDx Wandsworth. Um, and then we found out, I think it was about four or five weeks later, uh, it was in April, I got the email back, it was a Friday night. And I just literally rolled off the sofa oh, gosh. screaming, going, How oh my great. God, We've, we've, we've got this license and, uh, and, and, and my wife Kay said, okay, great. We've got the license. How the hell are we going to pull this together? <laughs> we've got several months. We don't know anyone. We've got no money to do this. Um, you know, uh, you know, we've got, we've got to film it. We've got to get photographers. And it was just like, oh my word, how on earth are we going to do this? Um, but you know, and, 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 but we did it. We we did it. It was a lot of hard work, and and I have to thank everyone that submitted stuff on the TEDx on on the TEDx Hub. Right, it is such a brilliant source of information. It is, it is indeed for starters. I mean, this is even before I joined the Facebook group, which was only very recently. Back then, it was only the Hub, and you know, and the Hub has some has a lot of quirks to using it as well. Um, but that was great. It was a great source of information. And we made sure that after our first event, that all of our documents and things like that, we actually put that back into the hub to help other people starting their, their, their first event. But 
Um, it took us seven months, but I have to say that uh, I think not all of those seven months were productive because a lot of it was a lot of uh, trying scratching our heads, trying trying to figure out. But it was also trying to move beyond our comfort zone and doing something new. And what, what, is that, was, what is that? What did that mean to you? Because so the, the whole thing of producing uh, an event is outside your comfort zone, right? Yeah, just, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I think for all for all people coming to do a TEDx event, it will stretch you. It will stretch you in ways that that you will just not imagine. Because the first thing you need to think about is where on earth am I going to hold this event? Now, now you've only got a limited budget, which is which is limited by by the number of delegates that you have attending, which is going to be which is going to be a hundred, and you have to factor in the team. Um, so our first port of call was number one: where are we going to hold this? And Kay and I had 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 a lot of discussion. Both of our background is actually theatrical based. But the but the cost of uh, renting out theater spaces uh, was astronomical. So we decided, looking at our community, where is the best place that we could hold this? Now schools are ideal; they are the fulcrum of our of our society, and also in the borough that we that we live in. And we were very fortunate enough. Uh, we saw we saw quite a few schools, and we. We selected South Thames College, um, which has a very heavy focus on, on music and the arts. It's the school which John Boyega from Star Wars went to. Huh. Um, so, uh, and uh, we were, and um, when we pitched the idea to 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 uh, uh, STC, which is South Thames College, um, they they really they really loved the idea, and they did what they could to help us. Now, they were able to give us a performance theatre space, which is lovely because there's nothing better than a black box environment right. with its own, with right. its own lighting. Um, you know, something like that is a complete godsend. Um, so, we, so, so we had the benefit of that. Um, but there was a big learning curve. Okay, so we've got this performance theatre. The school had never done anything like this mm, before. Mm, mm. Because they had just put on very very basic plays, and so it was it was a case of working with them and trying to understand what is the vision, what you know, what is the theme we want to put across, what kind of people that we're 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 going to need uh, to help us put this event on, and so it was a process of quite a few months working with the college, um, and and you know it worked out very well it worked out very well to such a degree that we that we said certainly we want to come back for year oh, two no. don't you love that when the venue it's, and everybody you just have you build such a great partnership and they it's yeah it's, they, they feel honored that you're there and you're so thrilled to have found a good home for your show yeah i i, I absolutely agree and and really i i would i would really advise any people who are considering doing a TEDx uh, event? Don't just don't don't go for the most obvious, like you need to do it in a theatre or some fantastic event. You know, look about what's happening in your local community. Look at your halls. Look at look at the social spaces where you can make an impact. Um, because what we discovered, and one of the things that I was actually quite fearful about, was. Okay, we're holding a TEDx Wandsworth in a school. No one has ever heard of TEDx Wandsworth. They may right. have heard about 
TED or TEDx London or some right. of the very events that take right. place. No one has ever heard of TEDx Wandsworth. Many people would, would, would think about, okay, a TEDx event in the school, I'm not really sure about that. So in my mind, we already had some, um, some hurdles that we wanted to get across. But lo and behold, despite, despite those hurdles, um, you know, we, we put together a very good marketing campaign, which was very personalized, making it very clear that, you know, this is the kind of event we're putting on. We're putting it on in a college. We're going to, we're going to source some fantastic speakers from in and around the borough. And we want to bring the t- power of TED to a local audience, which will focus on local speakers. Um, and when we came, when we put across that kind of messaging, I was hugely surprised um, how that resonated. Um, because we live in a day, we live in a day and age where social media is so important, and you have to get your messaging right. And you know, we we were not going to use the same kind of messaging as you as you would for a corporate. It has to be on a very personal scale, like. Why are we doing this? And Kay and I would talk in our newsletters that this is the reason that we're doing this, because it's a very personal thing for us. We want to get people talking in our local community. And we strongly believe that Wandsworth is ready for TEDx Wandsworth, um, such that when we came to sell our tickets, um, we were amazed that we sold out in a weekend. Nice. You know, with went on sale on a Friday, they, they sold out on a Sunday. Then when we came to TEDx Wandsworth 2016, we sold out in less than six hours. <laughs> we were like, I don't believe this. I, I, I don't believe we sold out in six hours. It's just, un, it's just unreal. We sold out in six hours and we had a waiting list of 420 people. Oh my goodness. So now going to, so now it's starting to make sense. You're going to TED Fest. And that's <laughs> yes, a qualifying event, which means that yeah. 2017, how big is 2017 going to be? 2017 is when I, we're looking to scale gradually. I'm not a great believer in going big uh, because there's a lot of quality aspects that I, that I feel are very specific for our event that we want to maintain. So I'm looking at most probably up to 300 people. Okay. That, that makes sense. Uh, what, what is it? That I mean, you, I love hearing this story about how much research you've done and how seriously you've approached the project and the background that you did and all of that. That's listener, pay attention if you're going to do a TEDx. This is how you do it, um, because I'm sure when New York got that license application, they they could tell that it was thoughtful and you and, and intentional. And I'm going to guess that having not read anything other than your call for participation, that your newsletter and that personal note that coming from a couple uh, was was very strong. So let me ask you then, all of that being said, what, what did you do to make your, your first event unique uh, so it was uniquely Wandsworth? Yeah. Um, look. There are you can you can go to many conferences in which you sit down and you hear a bunch of talks. Now, obviously, TED is very different because you're limited to the 18 minutes and they're very thought provoking talks. But the key question that was always in the back of my mind is, 
okay, I'm going to have people pay good money that is affordable to right, come right. to school to watch to watch 15 talks. What am I going to do differently? Well, the first thing is, is that I want to showcase local performers in our area, people who, who, uh, who are perhaps waiting for their break, or students working at STC, or I should say students at STC who are looking to often take themselves to the next stage. TEDx Wandsworth is the perfect birthing arena for that. The second, the second area was if I've got 100 people, what on earth are they going to be doing in between the breaks? And that's when I decided that people who come to TEDx Wandsworth, they need to engage. We are right. currently living in a society in which we are so heavily focused on our smartphone that we actually forget to speak to the person next to us. Now, I, I mean, I won't give too many secrets away, but in I um, not only do, do I run the event with my wife, I'm also the master of ceremony and I, and, I, and I introduce all the speakers. And I have a warm-up session that I do with the audience that really gets them out of their... Oh, I, love, I love that. I've not heard them, of that before. To get, them, to get them out of their kind of mindset. Look, it's really important that when people come to any event... That they don't that they don't end up sitting in the same seat. I have I, I'm not a big fan of rules, but I do have a couple. Number one, you are not allowed to sit in the same seat twice. Number two, after each break, you have to talk to the person next to you for about a minute. And the third thing is, you're not allowed to uh, share business cards because this is an event oh, by which really? you. But this is an event by which you could potentially have the power to help someone else. Right. So in your conversation, listen to the other person and think about how you can help them. Now, if you think about it, when you're sitting in a conference environment, even if whether it's 100 or 200, regardless, you have two people sitting next to you. Yep. You have two people. You have a person in front of you and behind you. If you got to know those four people, after you know in the first break and you carry on getting to know those people that means that by the time you get to the very first breakout session or lunchtime there's an opportunity for you that you won't feel so lonely or you mm, won't feel because mm, mm, mm. you've broken place and the key thing that we want to engender in individuals is that you are here to talk about what you've heard and there's nothing better that if we can break that ice and allow you to talk about to other people about what you've heard. That that's a great start. I always ask the audience: do not be afraid to speak to people because remember this: everyone in this room is here because they too love TED Talks. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a very shy person, go up to that person. Just say, "Look, I'm shy. It's okay." But what do you think of that talk? And that's a great icebreaker. And no one, no one will make you feel silly about that. And I was so surprised. Um, I was so surprised at the feedback that we got from our TEDx event, feedback that we get. It's, it's one of those really nerve-wracking things, but we always, we always are rated very strongly on that aspect because people really like that. I, there were so many takeaways from there. Oh, uh, the, no, that's so good. A listener, it's okay if you pause, rewind, and write some of those things down. I loved 
uh, I loved the rules. Uh, I'm a rule breaker as well. And, and part of that is what's, what's nice. I think about the TEDx format and the guidelines we have. Let's not call them rules. We'll call them guidelines. They help us kind of figure out what the lanes are, right? And, and there is, um, with 3,300 events in 2016, each of us thinks about it differently, which is why I like to, asked this question, what made it unique? And uh, you answered that wonderfully. I'm thinking now about, I, I'm trying to capture the superpowers of all of the organizers. <laughs> and uh, because it, it it clearly takes super effort uh, to, to get one of these done at this level. Of these six, organizing, collaborating, producing, marketing, curating, and partnering, which one do you think you're blessed with as a your your best skill you had to do a little bit of all of it but which was the number one um i would say the organizing producing and curating and my wife very much looks after the partnerships and the marketing and, and communications and wh what is it that you um what is it you like about producing my um, my background is that I'm I, I'm actually a screenwriter, um, so I, I've always had this love of, of making short films and, mm. and, and things like that. And even in my job, I look after a lot of our big corporate events as well. And there's nothing better that there's nothing there's no great feeling when you create an event and you've got people that are that are coming to that event and everything is running really smoothly now i don't have the budget like i have in the office like i have at work it's a really honestly it's a minuscule budget <laughs> i know i know not only, not only do we have to film um you know we have to photograph, we have to get the lighting. You know, we even feed people, Mark. Out of that tiny budget, it's so important that, that, that we feed people. So for us, it's that actually, it's that whole organizing and producing and curating the speakers. Because it, I, I mean, this, this, this actually goes back to any of those people who are thinking about becoming TEDx organizers. Because the reason why you are doing this is that you have a vision that is so unique. You mm -hmm. have a take world that is so unique, which is which is important that you don't lose faith in yourself when you come to organizing your event. Because at the end of the day, you will be bringing on team members, you will be bringing on additional help, but they will all be looking to you for that inspiration and guidance and leadership. And it will be you that will be driving people through. It doesn't matter whether you're driving them down down the wrong lane or a way that that's not compatible with what they're thinking, but you're taking them down the path that only you know because you know the vision that or the messaging that you want to that that you want to deliver. That was very much the case in year one. Yes, we didn't have any experience. We have never had any experience in sort of like commercial matters or things like that. We didn't know anyone in the borough. It was just, it was. It <laughs> so was, there, it, right there, just, just think about that for just a second. You're, you're, I love this meeting the people that are sitting around us, but here you are a couple in a community now doing a community event and you don't know anyone in the community. And yeah. so you had to go out and network and meet. And now you're, 
you know, your, your uh, contact lists is spectacular, <laughs> right? Well, I, well, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I think all credit goes to Kay. Uh, I, I think she's done a huge job. I mean, she's a great networker, uh, far far better than I am. I, I think I'm very good at rallying the troops for the team and things like that, but she's very good at all the external engagement. Uh, and, and I think that's, I think that's where the, the partnership works very, very well. With, with such a learning curve, there, there were a lot of obstacles, but I, and you're a storyteller, so you, are, you, <laughs> you know, Joseph Campbell and the yeah. hero's journey and yeah. I think about that a lot. We were storytellers as well. And I think about the dragon and I'm always trying to identify, you know, you don't have a story unless you have conflict. And yeah. so who, who's the dragon at TEDx Wandsworth or what's the dragon? I think there are two dragons. I think uh, it's money and it's team dynamics. Tell me about team dynamics. So I, I spoke about earlier that it's important that the organizer is the leader and that individual has the vision. And it's important that that vision is never, taint, is never tainted. It's very important that the theme is made very clear to the team and that you get buy-in from the team to follow that vision. We also believe that keeping volunteers focused on tasks that are executed on time is hugely important. They need reassurance. They also need to be made aware that their work is valued. Now, the reason behind that is that this is a non-paying job. Right. It's volunteers. Right. Our right. time is so precious. Um, and if and when you bring volunteers on board, it's got to be. It's got to be in the knowledge that they buy into what you are doing. If you have team members that, for example, don't buy into the vision, the worrying factor is, is that that could become a more of a destructive force yeah. within, yeah. Within, within the organization. And that's not just about speaking personally. That's also look speaking to um, other uh, other NGOs and 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 also uh, and also within and also within the workplace. Also, it's really important that when you've got when you've got a good team uh, together, that they should be allowed to talk openly without fear of criticism. No. And also, and also they uh, and also that should be done in a non-destructive manner, like not necessarily shooting someone's idea down. Or perhaps poo-pooing poo uh, uh, an idea because that in itself has has a self-destructive force in which other team members who uh, who are who are possibly very creative would end up hiding within their shells. So I think the team dynamics is so important, and I would really advise TEDx organizers to have a look at NGO guidelines and perhaps look at setting up a volunteer agreement because it sets the tone and the precedent of what is expected by both parties. And it also provides a fair exit strategy should it not work out. Uh, I think many organizations start in, in, in startup mode. They get the license. It's great. And I'm so glad that Ted make it very clear that you can only have up to 100 delegates. Because that is a training ground. There's a lot to right, do, even right. e even to do for for 100. Um, 
I, I, I have read on some occasions that's, that some people are planning to do a TED event in less than three months. That for me, I mean, I would be, I, I would be worried sick. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Absolutely. We, our first event took seven months, but I wish I had longer because there, there was a lot of scratching heads and things like that. This year, uh, we're giving ourselves eight months and we're beginning to be a well, uh, a, a well-oiled machine. But sorry, just, yeah, so just, 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 just to go back regarding team dynamics. I think one of the things that we are certainly looking at this year is that um, we want to we want to create a very good environment within the team, and we feel that a volunteer agreement um, will actually set the tone and the precedent because it makes it very clear to the individual what their expectation is, and also makes it very clear to us about about key about key deliverables. Because it's much better to have something on paper than something as opposed to, yes, you'll be doing ABC and it'd be great if you could do this. And then if you could do that as well. And then what we see is we see feature creep setting in. Sure. So, sure. so all, all the roles need to be very clearly crystal, very cr- clearly crystallized. Now, it may not be possible to do that on year one, but if, if TEDx organizers doing this could please really think about that first, that would really help and create a very good base for your uh, for your team. What has you most excited about this upcoming show? I tell you what Mark, I think one I think one things now that we're in our third year, it has given me the tremendous confidence to actually go and approach not just approach speakers but approach speakers and actually say I I've read this article you published, but I really like this idea, and I would like you to explore this idea for a talk. So it's a slight role reversal here. So speakers come in, they have an idea. Actually, I'm quite excited about going and approaching speakers and saying, I like this idea, and I'd like you to expand upon that. That, for me, is really, really exciting because, because look, I mean, Speakers look. Speakers all love all love the sound of their own voice. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, who? I mean, who? I mean, who doesn't? And it and it's one and it's wonderful in year one when you when, when you when you get a speaker to come in and they're a, and they're a fairly high profile speaker and they want to speak at your event. It's a huge confidence booster and it's terrific. But then as time goes on, you know, you start reading more and more articles and you start looking at the world and you start scrutinizing it with a different lens. Sure you do. And and I want to now target some really difficult conversations, actually, topics that perhaps have not yet been covered, um, perhaps by TED, certainly by, by, by TEDx. I want to get under the hood of those particular discussions. We've we've had some success in the last two years at TEDx Wandsworth where we've exposed um, issues within medical science and the fact that medical science is, is slightly dragging is slightly dragging its heels. Uh, we had a great talk last year. Uh, in fact, we had two very interesting talks: one on the research of preeclampsia, and another one regarding peer review research. The fact that uh, the fact that there are some fundamental flaws in, in, in peer review. So again, we're looking at not necessarily medical science, but really going under the hood to try to to try to get those topics out into the open. Obviously, I would love to talk to you about them now, but it's a little bit early. No, it's too early. I want to, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Ted Fest and talking as well. The, when I'm listening to you and I listen to the other 
organizers in these interviews. I'm I'm so glad to actually have this venue to have these conversations because we don't have them anywhere else, right? We don't where others can listen to what the way we think about theme, the way we think about going after ideas. Um, at the TED Summit, they you know Chris Anderson was saying you know don't don't go find the speaker, go find the idea, yeah. and that. Um, I had not done it that way before. I hadn't really thought of it in that way. So it's so good to hear you talking like that. And in our theme for our, we're in November as well, actually. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we thought about what the theme was and then broke it down to three sub themes that gave us areas of inquiry and then started reaching out to people who actually would know people because you do that call for participation. And one of the challenges is uh, the motivation of why someone wants to get on the TED stage is suspect. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you kind of got to wade through all that. And I've heard that kind of consistently. So I love that idea. Um, actually, we have a, a local paper that is a business paper because I have another podcast that's business and startup focused. And I'm always looking in that, looking for that, you know, who's doing something a little bit differently that we could have an extended conversation about. I would, I'm, I'm curious, uh, have you, do you and your wife have any time to go visit other TEDx's? Um, I wish, you know, I wish, I wish we did. Um, we did have an opportunity, I think, to go and see TEDx East End, but I, but I was about to fly off the following day on business. So it always happens that something, um, that something turns up, but uh, I'm, I'm very curious to, I would love, uh, to see actually one of the international TEDx's. Which, so if the travel gods could just give you the time. And the ticket, I, where would you go? I think Beacon Street is a really interesting TEDx. It is. It is. I think they, I, uh, I, I mean, when I, when I first set up TEDx Wandsworth, um, obviously I look at all the TEDx events and I scrutinize them. I, I'm looking at how they've done their staging. I'm looking at how they've done the filming. I'm looking at the speakers. I'm looking at everything and I'm trying to build a picture about what can I do to mimic that? But I have to say, TEDx Beacon Street is a really interesting event. And if I ever had the opportunity, I think I would love to go and see um, that that event. My wife is a speaker coach, and she had uh, she had a couple um, on that stage, and that was a big oh, deal for gosh. us because she's she's well known in Europe, and she came to Beacon Street and spoke, and and uh, it was it was pretty spectacular. Because so, you know, when when you work with these speakers, as you know, you get to know them, and they become they'll become lifelong friends of yours. Then you know we were up north at the grandson's uh, baseball game. Uh, on the Saturday that Beacon Street was on and we're streaming it in the car and we're watching this <laughs> just like, okay, this is, this is fantastic. I love it. So TEDx Beacon Street. So we're going to talk to them and, and see, we'll get an invite out to you for that. The, I'd like to finish up with um, uh, the best hack that you have. What's that tip or trick different than advice, but it's like, you learned now. I, I think there's a contender here, which is as you were looking for a venue, go find a school. But and I'm, yeah. I'm going to talk about that. But do you have a what would you say is your best hack in like seven words or less? 
before you decide paying for something, look for someone that has the skill set. Biggest, biggest advice that I can give. You will be so surprised um, about the openness of people to help you to organize a TEDx event. We've had, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's really the key thing. Everyone thinks that we need to pay for things. No, you need to spend the time going out into the community. Um, for example, all of our filming is done by students at South Thames College, which is great because that gives them. That saved a lot too. Uh, yeah. I mean, we do, I mean, to be fair, we do pay them, but it's, but it's at a student rate um, and they do all of, all of the editing for us, you know, and, you know, we will put up our hand and say, look, it's not the same kind of filming and editing as, as you would expect at a massive event, which, which you could spend huge amounts of money. But I'm very happy with it. The views are terrific. And actually, more importantly, I've given an opportunity for three students to film and edit that event. And they can put that on their resume right, right. when they go and apply for a job. And you know what? It's it's great. So don't. Don't beat yourself up if the filming is not fantastic because you will still get the views. You will absolutely still get the views. Amon, thank you so much for being on Hacking the Red Circle. This is uh, great for us to to hear the story, and and we're going to put a little pin on our map on the page now. So we've we've got you there. We look forward to seeing you at TED Fest and uh, and having a, a very long term friendship with you. And 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 when the show has legs, we'd like to come back and, and interview you and your wife. Great. Well, Mark, thank you very much. It's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Okay, perfect. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.